3: This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed,
0: Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden.
3: Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. So finally, we get to talk about Flash. I mean, we did in a spoiler-free way, but that's not as fun as doing it with spoilers because you always have to watch your mouth. Uh, but before we launch into what we're watching for um, for the week, we do have to talk about Superman and Lois news that we had inadvertently skipped over last week, which was that James Gunn had said that you know, Superman and Lois can get another season or two, DC Studios isn't going to stand in their way. That, of course, doesn't mean that the CW is automatically going to renew the show if the ball's in their court, but it does mean that we won't get any cancellations because DC Studios wants to move towards their cinematic universe that connects TV, film, and comics too. Did he say that, Michael?
0: Believe so, and video games and animation. So we're having one big so cohesive DC universe. It'll be, it'll be. Are a, we? A of... <laughs> <laughs> it will try to be a change of pace. Um, but I think this was the vote of confidence that Superman at Lois and Superman at Lois fans need it because yes, it's not the absolute surefire renewal we automatically were hoping for because at the end of the day, the new season hasn't premiered yet. Let's we'll take what we can get. But the fact is that, yes, the CW cancelled a lot of shows recently, but DC has also been out here cancelling a lot of shows recently. So if DC Studios, the new DC Studios, has a vote of confidence in Superman at Lois and is happy for it to continue for a little while longer, I think that's definitely going to put a lot of uh, fans at ease because there's just been so much uncertainty at the moment. And I know the final decision is up to the CW, and we'll get to that in a little second. But I just did want to lead with the fact that We have good news at last about a CW show. When was the last time you could say that? When All-American was renewed.
2: (laughs) It It was was an island. A little bit. (laughs) I'm going to let you guys have the optimism on this one. Because although, like, as I tweeted, like, I'm holding them to this. Like, (laughs) blood oath, blood contract, hand of the Bible. I'm holding you to it. But I just don't trust any of these these men that are running these companies. (laughs) So I'll believe it when I see it. I want it to happen. But, yeah, I hope we get two more seasons.
3: I hope so, too. I think that I want to be confident because they're also like doing so much promo after CW shows that are airing to the point that like when The Flash went off, instead of doing the lead in for Kung Fu like they usually do, it was um, Don't Miss, the premiere of Superman and Lois on March 14th. And I was like, you have a new show that just came back. We Maybe we should leave that room for Kung Fu. But they're like really pushing superman um and lois which i mean i'll take it even that ugly little ad that's to the side sometimes that just pops up and is obnoxious and then everything else um goes back to the way it's supposed to be
0: yeah but i i feel like i'm glad they're promoting that show because i feel like they've a lot riding on that this is one of their two most watched shows and everyone seems to have automatically assumed that walker is safe as houses we cannot guarantee that nothing is safe as houses in this era but there's been so much confusion over whether Superman at Lois is safe because on paper it should be. It is their first slash second most watched show. Why wouldn't you save that one when you're trying to get people to watch on the night? And that is a show that is getting more people to watch on the night. The other issue with that was the DC side of things. So if they're happy for it to go on for another season, we're at least 50% of the weather. Now, I don't trust the CW, so that other 50% isn't exactly certain (laughs) at this point. But I mean, like getting 50% of the weather is a heck of a lot closer to the end goal than we were even a couple of weeks ago. So I'll take the win for now. Doesn't mean it's going to put all my concerns at ease. Absolutely not. But the interesting thing is that if CW decides to pass on it because it's too expensive we just found out recently that the show apparently costs five million per episode and this is the same Network that wanted to reduce budgets to under one million per episode how, how, how do you uh, level that up if you know what I mean like how do you wear that out so if the CW decides not to move ahead with it the ball is in Warner Brothers and DC Studios court will they produce it for HBO Max they can do that they own all the rights to the characters But would they want to do that when this is the same HBO Max that's cancelling DC properties and then apparently like leasing the match to other studios to make like the animated show Batman Cap Crusader? It's not cancelled, but they're going to give other studios the chance to make it. So would HBO Max willingly pick Superman and Lois up and produce it when another company could do it instead? Again, there's still an awful lot of writing on it. And it's still so uncertain at this point in time, but I'm just going to say that I'm going to take the win for now and enjoy Superman at Lois's third season because this show was envisioned for five seasons. James Gunn and Peter Safran seem like they're happy to let it continue for those five seasons because Superman always should finish its run around 2024, 2025, which is when the new Superman movie would come out, which would kickstart the new DCO. So it would let that like little remnant of the Arrowverse, the CW, DC TV era carry on until the new one starts. And at the end of the day, you got to plug some holes. So why not let the most successful and critically acclaimed show carry on for a little bit longer?
2: And the good thing is if things go south, we have the receipts. We have the quotes. Sound bites are forever, baby. <laughs> that
3: is true. But as far as the CW making decisions, though, is I wonder if they're making it based on projections, right? Because All American being renewed first was a surprise, considering the numbers that Walker is drawing in in comparison. But also, they're very steady, um, mm-hmm. and Winchester's keeps falling. Walker Independence is trying to rise back up to what it was, but did fall out of the, on average, million views. And Walker is always hitting a million, though. That's the thing that, like, I thought it would be, like, Walker, All-American. So Mm -hmm. so it's not like All-American is an outlier. It's not the surprise renewal um, like Nancy Drew was um, last Mm -hmm. year. But it is interesting. I was like, I wonder if they're thinking, besides the sports angle, thinking about, you know, projections towards may like what is everything going to look like is the just going to keep falling do they expect walker independence to fall do they i'm not sure if they want to go with walker like i'm not i mean it's it's a new not era because we've been here for a while but it's like a it's a weird place to be in
0: Mm. it seems like all americans always been one of them kind of like steady shows like it, it of course its initial audience fell off but once it found its baseline audience it hasn't really lost it the ratings tend to stick in and around the same place so i always said last year that network the networks needs a more of a surefire hit and all American seems to fit that bell seems to be that the new cw thinks the same thing the question is whether they renewed it based on sports whether they renewed it based on that warmth that the old cw had towards it who knows at this point but it, it seems like a piece of the CW of furniture, so I'm glad for it that it gets to stick around a while longer. It's just when it's a steady show and not one of the top shows, you wonder what the criteria into making that decision was and how it will affect the future decisions they make when you only have two to three more slots to fill.
3: Mm-hmm. But I think it moved to, if it's not moved back into the number three spot on the network, it's back there now mm-hmm. because of Walker falling. Oh, well, not Walker, but football, Winchester's falling.
1: Mm-hmm
2: was not all American like the top show in the demo?
3: Yes. But I think they're the trying. Mm-hmm. They, um, so I think they were they point three or were they point two?
2: I don't know, but that can be another selling point too, that the higher the demo rating is, the more it appeals to older audiences. So, and we know they're trying to cater to an older audience. So maybe that's gonna factor in as well.
1: Mm, mm. Maybe.
3: But Winchester's is hitting a good demo too. It's the eighteen to forty nine demo, right? So they're trying to yep. they're trying to get towards the forty nine side of the mm-hmm. of the demo.
0: How did they know that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, but since we're on the top of the Winchesters as well, we might as well just jump right in to um to this episode. I, I don't know what the Acrida are doing. We're like we're nearly finished with with the first season and the big bads are doing
0: nothing for me they're doing a lot of talking yeah. that's about it <laughs> uh yeah i'm eager to see what you guys thought of this episode because we didn't talk about this much this one much beforehand like we did with the last two so what did you think of it
2: i don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh you're not alone
2: <laughs> i don't know i don't know what i thought um i think i liked it better than last week because i feel like it had a little bit more momentum in it um but I think I'm ultimately still, as Sabrina said, like kind of confused on the big bad. Maybe that's a me problem um, for not connecting the dots and like keeping it all straight in my mind. But like I'm not invested in the Akrita at all. So whenever they bring it up, I'm like, who who are they? I'm that that Kiki Palmer meme when she's like, now who the hell are they? <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think for
3: me it's like I remember when we first started out I think this might have been episode two when you you don't meet um British character yet but she's the Mm -hmm. one with the hood on and she's walking Mm -hmm. in there all following her through the woods and I remember being very excited about where the story was going to go and then now that we're towards the end of the season I just feel like we've lost the thread. Like the thread got lost somewhere in those woods because we, uh, they're doing a lot of talking about how like the Akrita lost their world. I believe that's what's going on. And so they want to take over this one and they want to replace humans. And I'm like, okay. It just doesn't feel dire. It, like they're mm-hmm. doing like shady things. It it almost feels, I kind of wish that the show had actually been monster of the week for the majority of its run. And then they seed it in the Akrita because now we're doing like both in um, Lada and Carlos are off doing their own thing that ties back into that storyline, but then so are Mary and John, but I don't care about Hobbs and his mm-hmm. backstory who we never met this man and now he's here and he's like, Was he, he like knew the, John's dad. The,
2: the doctor villain guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, my favorite part about that was that halfway through the episode, I realized that was the actor that played Mr. Sheffield in The Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't recognize him at first. And then halfway through the episode, like, it, it was his voice. He has a very distinct voice. And as somebody who were watching The Nanny and still watches it every night before bed, I was like... Is that Mr. Sheffield? <laughs> and it was.
0: <laughs> I like that element of it to an extent because it remind it felt very much kind of like a Buffy kind of episode, um, about this random villain that came in out of nowhere and suddenly the heroes are in a jeopardy. And believe me, we'll get to that. But um, that that had like. St- eerie kind of like gruesome quality to it that a show like Buffy would have had when they did a Villain of the Week episode, but it wasn't a Villain of the Week episode. And yet again, it feels like uh, Carlos Alata had the more high stakes engaging a uh, season long story and it was the subplot of the episode. So I don't really know where we're going with this. The you keeps getting bumped down to subplot? Whereas these like high intensity villain of the week stories end up being the main plot. They only seem to revolve around John and Mary. They find themselves in mortal peril all the time. Heck one of them died last week and <laughs> came back to life. You know, it's like all these villain of the week stories have higher stakes than the main storyline. And what are we supposed to do with that? Like, where is that going to go? Um, the thing I did like about the uh, Carlos Atlanta storyline was bringing Bridget Regan back because, heck, she sold that. What a great performance she gave. Um, but to Sabrina's point, I remember when we first inter- were introduced to that character and they didn't have the actor playing the role yet, and it was just the hooded figure, it very much set her up to be the Queen. And now we're supposed to believe that she wasn't the Queen, also she- maybe was she some high-ranking lieutenant, I don't know. But she has all these memories that knows where the Queen was, don't know what they're gonna in with the storyline. There's we, a lot of good Do we know the queen?
2: No. no no, If the queen, if they like reveal it Like who the queen is and we don't know who it is I feel like that would be kind of a letdown Like mm-hmm. how I met your mother mm-hmm. when they like revealed the mother And we were like who, I we don't know her <laughs> <laughs> she, Like we'd never met her before in the show It was just some random woman Who was great by the way But I just feel like it's going to be anticlimactic If they like panned the, the queen And it's like Okay, okay, I don't know mm-hmm happy for them but who are they
3: <laughs> i really want it to be a big cw get when they decide to put the queen in a human body like if it's not bridget fine but like it needs to be someone like around the same caliber or higher someone that's going to have people screaming when we get to the end if they ever do put the queen in a human body because right now like we the most we've seen of her is a red glow and mm-hmm. i think that was like the mid-season finale or something um and now it's like it feels like we're we're floating we're coasting as we try to move towards more about the queen uh, not to skip to the end um let's do it let's get uh, to the end (laughs) and since we're talking about like the accreta stuff i wish that we had given been given the opportunity to actually care about kyle um that ending happened and i was like well john's in trouble and he didn't do anything but i didn't like i didn't go oh no kyle's dead he's been stabbed in the heart by himself like it just
2: didn't other we were like Finally, yeah. good. <laughs> so I, I don't fully understand why they brought him back last week just to kill him this week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, we didn't have enough time to really like have an interest in his return at all.
1: Yeah,
2: like mm-hmm. you said, like he he just he died in Frank John.
0: It just solidified, <laughs> it confirmed how much just we like... disliked that character. <laughs> When I said the exes usually die, this is not what I meant. It was very anticlimactic. There was no like emotional investment in it. It was somewhat clever that they've been kind of leaning into like maybe the fact that John has a dark side and that Kyle slash Akreda person really capitalized on that. But how does Kyle slash Akreda person know any of this? He hasn't been following the story that closely. We on the other hand have been. So I just, I don't understand the whole like, connection there it was clever enough but then they had the like whole like Millie walking in at the end and the shock panning as though she's ever going to believe otherwise and I'm sure they'll make her believe otherwise next week that maybe he wasn't he was the one who did it and they'll have to convince her otherwise but I don't know some there was I said a minute ago there's an awful lot of good in this storyline but I just feel like the execution has let an awful lot of it down if that makes there's sense
2: a, there's a narrative imbalance it's like it tries to be the procedural monster villain of the week and then it tries to have like the big Season-long arc, and there's a way to balance that a little bit cleaner than mm-hmm. the show has been doing. And I think it was more successful in the beginning of the season than it is now because it's kind of like decide what who what are you are you doing the villain of the week, and then, as Sabrina said, just like seeding in the Akrita stuff. It seems like it's trying to do both, and it it's not servicing either either lane very mm-hmm. well. And then-
3: yeah. Fear, it, like, frustrating, like, really frustrating, because there's ways in which this could have been fixed.
0: Mm-hmm. And to use recent examples, the idea of an entity coming in from a parallel universe trying to invade the main plane of existence. I've seen in the last year in Stranger Things, I've seen the last year in Miss Marvel, and both of those were done on a much higher quality than this. And I think the thing that's really letting this down is the fact that the show has not figured out what kind of format it wants to follow. So we're supposed to be getting a lot super invested in these like high-intensity Villain of the Week storylines. Meanwhile, the main story gets pushed to the background over and over and over again that it's starting to feel like just maybe a 40 minute, it could have been resolved in a better 40 minute villain of the week episode, because at least then it would have gotten the full attention. Whereas now it's getting pushed to the background. They're talking about how the world is ending and yet completely carrying on as normal as if it's not. What world? Exactly. <laughs> <Or it laughs> is he's not there. <laughs> it just,
2: don't get yeah. me wrong. I love this show for what it is. Um, but like I said, last week, sometimes when you like something or love something, it's okay to be disappointed when it's not like, at the level that you wish it could be and i i do think that the if we binge the show it would be a there'd be a better payoff mm-hmm. than this like on a week off a week and just seeing it week to i don't know i just think it would be better binged so hopefully in the future i can test that out and watch it with a different set of eyes having known everything that happened
3: <laughs> maybe and maybe some of the plots will come back together too because the, so when you have the opening flashback to I think it was 1957 um and we meet Dorothea we don't know who she is at first but um I kind of I wanted that to be Millie's mom which just yeah. did. um <laughs> and didn't turn out to be his wife but um I was like oh the Acreta have been around for quite some time and I was like did we know that um because as I feel like we're losing because um bits and pieces of the Akrita's t- story is coming out I feel like we're losing important pieces. Like how long have they been here? How long Mm -hmm. have the hunters been uh, aware of them? Like, is this a thing that's been going on for decades, hundreds of years, thousands of years? Why do they think they're closer to taking over the world? Like, I just want to know their motivations beyond the fact they need a host planet.
0: Mm. They did, they vaguely lean into that in the pilot episode about how they'd been here before and the box shooed them away and that was the end of that. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay. But then, first of all, how are they starting to break through again? And why were some of them left behind in the first place? So in the, in the 20 years between the Dorothea flashback and uh, the current storyline, that means that they, there have been a Kreda entity left on the Earth, but they've done nothing since then and only now they're bringing the Queen out. How did the Queen, whatever it is, whatever she is or he is or whatever it looks like, still going for the giant spider creature because they were looking up at it and what humans stays underground (laughs) for no reason. So how did it get through? Is there a gateway? Is there a like portal to to the upside down? You know what I mean? And we're running out of time to get answers to these. And I worry that they're going to condense it into a quick 40 minute plot and it'll not have the satisfaction we were hoping for. Ada was gone again, right? Yes, she was. Oh, Um, It's not
2: enough. But wait, (laughs) who'd you say about, what'd you say about Dean?
3: I'm worried that like it's going to be in the finale and Dean's going to have all the answers rather than the story leading us mm-hmm. to the answers because they were talking about him at the, I don't know, was that a bar, a grill, whatever wherever the creators were complaining about human food. Um, they had the picture of Dean on the table and I was like, oh, interesting. Where are we going with this? And it's like, we need to go get him. I was like, oh, well, I guess we're not, that's the one piece of information we're going to have for the episode. Back to, to what they're doing over <laughs> at the, um, the hideout.
0: And how did the Akrita know he exists? Like, I know Sam knows he exists and that um, John at Mary found out he exists. When did the Akrita end up in his trail? Like, did we get answers for that or is that just kind of yeah. happened? To- <laughs> I think
3: they've been following him, but we have no reason for why they would have been following him. For, for what?
0: The Akrita knows all and there's no explanation as to why. Um, I Yeah, I was watching that last night and I, I feel like that was the moment to sunk, and I feel like, Dean is going to somehow be involved in the finale and of course that will be a huge big moment for uh, Supernatural fans and it might increase a bit of excitement but the problem is the way the Winchester's going, This won- it won't be a turning point for the show, it'll be the series finale and did they wait too long to pull the trigger on that? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh and
3: then all that build up for Sam, this is not even the episode but all that build up for Sam and the man is gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, it just he came and he went, and that was the end of him. I, it's just the Winchesters has so much potential. I just mm-hmm. feel like, and this obviously, I would know this true or not. But I just feel like we were arguing in the the writers' room about how mm-hmm. the show should be written, and so we compromised a lot, and so we're getting like fine, fifty percent monster of the week, fifty percent a story, a little sprinkling in of John and Mary have fun, and it's like, uh, but you needed to pick a lane.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It, the show has identity issues and it doesn't know what kind of show it wants to be. Normally the Supernatural stuff lend themselves to Villain of the Week and arcs. We've seen it in Buffy. We've seen it in The Flash, for goodness sake. But I just feel like the Super Earth, the Winchesters did not have long enough of a season in order for that format to work. The 13 episode seasons used to lend itself to more story-driven stuff, while the 22 episode seasons used to lend itself to Villain of the Week. The Winchesters is trying to do both with less episodes and I just don't think it's paying off.
3: Yeah. And we're almost we're almost towards the end. Perhaps it'll be one of those shows um where it was it was good in the beginning, we struggled in the middle, middle and then it's fire at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. It may leaves us wanting really? more, I hope. <laughs> I hope.
3: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And no. But any more Winchester's points?
1: No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, wait. Sorry. One thing. Mary got into college.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's that's nice. right. Yes. Oh, nice. think, yeah, happy for her. She's probably yeah. not going to go though. No, no, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: happy for her though. Maybe she has the acceptance letter. We can frame it. it will be very yeah.
1: beautiful.
3: Uh, but moving on to the flash, since we now get to do our spoiler review, but I, mean, I want to hear your opinion first of the episode.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I okay. So the last time I watched it was. <laughs> the season eight finale right that was the street meditation episode yes (laughs) i'm not familiar with this world of this episode these episodes but it didn't feel like this episode like came right after that one from Mm -hmm. if my memory serves like it felt a little bit different in like a good way it felt a little bit lighter um but yeah i had fun with it i liked that uh iris is in it a lot more Mm -hmm. the last time i saw um and i think she and uh I almost said Grant. Barry have really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite parts of the episode was like seeing them get to interact because I didn't get to see that in the last episode that I watched.
3: West Allen is at the core. Yeah. <laughs> they <decide> yeah. Where <laughs> they need to be. But yeah, it is, you're right. I think um, I think when the episode opens, there's this thorough like, way line about they took a week and now we're like, back to work. And I was like, you should take on a month, but a week is... <laughs>
0: And, you know, Reid's totally right that it feels like far more than a week between the events of the season eight finale and the the season nine premiere, because the reason I think this episode felt so much different from the last one was this felt like a season one episode. There was so much light. There was so much joy. There was so much heart. And the Flash season eight at the end of its run had absolutely none of that. Um, So it's just it's nice to see like a throwback to the beginnings. It was fun. Like you both said, it was just such a like lighthearted episode, even though like Time loop's probably a terrifying thing to be stuck in, but like they they had fun with it, which is what the Flash always did. It made the dark seem light, and it was, it really paid off. And the, I love the dynamic between Barry and Iris, I always have, but the thing that really stuck out for me is that like Barry was his like giddy, young, slightly immature season one self, which we haven't seen for so long. He's just been kind of going through the motions for the last three or four seasons, whereas it's nice to really just see him like back to that character we fell in love with in season one and i have no doubt about it that it's just because he got to spend so much time with iris grant and candace bounce off each other so great in the chemistry department and there was was so so many great scenes really i love that scene with them in the pool (laughs) (laughs) It was my favorite the way she
3: entertains it did you see it did you see my dad she's like it was was, adorable it
2: was so cute
3: it's like um so, Reed, that's probably the closest we're going to get to vacation for them. They've yeah. always been trying to go. I think the first time I tried to, to go, um, they got pulled back for some type of mission and, and Iris nearly lost it on, I forget mm-hmm. which team member it was. And I think they did, they went on vacation and that's how they got, is that how they got Grant and I, Grant and um, Candace out for a crossover episode, Michael, where they went think, on vacation?
0: Yeah, I think so. It was around the Christmas season, wasn't it? So it would have been around a crossover episode. Yeah.
3: Yeah so they went so they did actually get on vacation we didn't get to see it so this is the closest we're going to see is them full side I do love how much how bright this episode was how Mm -hmm. um colorful Mm. very colorful it's comedic uh and it also allowed for Iris and Barry to like reconnect in a way that we haven't really been seeing on screen basically it was a big old time loop date. Once they got yeah. the tra- uh, past most of the trauma, it was they just decided, you know what? Let's to live our lives and do what we want to on the same day over and over and over again.
0: And it was so much fun because, first of all, speaking of the trauma, um, Candace, Candace's performance in that more, 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 more Merlot scene, excellent. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Grant's performance in the scene afterwards where Joe and uh, Cecile were trying to convince Barry that he can't be plotting out their lives by a book again excellent just the two scenes they had back to back were amazing and they were the two i i talked about a little bit last week um it just there was so much human drama in this episode not like time sickness not like uh phasing in and out of existence just so much natural human drama and i think that's what the flash does best
2: speaking of cecile um (laughs) much love to her not a fan (laughs)
3: yeah. <laughs> well you were right on track with the rest of like a big portion of the fandom
2: <laughs> when she was explaining groundhog day the movie i was like oh. <laughs> girl <laughs> i can't do it
3: <laughs> i think so one of the things i felt like um i said this about iris last season but like it felt like busy work for Steel um in this episode um i don't see how you Throwing a football with her mind was going to help strengthen her in any capacity as she's supposed to be fighting people in the um out in Central City. But we just needed that for her and Joe. I also felt like we could have just let have Joe have that moment with Barry. Like I didn't think Cecile needed to weigh in. I think we could have just mm. sat and let Joe because she basically just reiterated what Joe had said <laughs> and added a sentence. And so mm. I was just like, I just let Joe have it. He never gets to have the speeches anymore. Just
0: <laughs> let him talk to his son. And that's kind of my issue with Cecile is that uh, when she was a recurring character for the first four seasons, great, loved it. But from season four onwards, it kind of turned her into a kind of like comedic, corny, one-liner kind of character. And the stories are always kind of silly when they're around her. But then she has some great scenes. Like last season, she had an amazing scene with Barry. And I'm like, Cecile can be used in the right way, but the show constantly uses her in the kind of like comedic kind of like silly kind of way because now we know that apparently she's supposed to be the most powerful meta-human to ever exist on the planet and we find that out because she made a coffee cup float into her hand and like that i think that says it says it all like there's so much potential there with the seal but again the comedy takes the front seat and also i find it hard to believe that seal could be the most powerful human in central city or the world when the flash literally just phased a nuclear bomb out of existence that doesn't line up for me, but they want to see to be 11, basically. And we saw that in the opening scene <laughs> Um, uh, when she I think the, 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 the first of all, I really like the opening scene. I'm not like a big like Team Flash fan, but seeing them all teamed up for one more time and having the real like meta line where Barry was like, oh, "Welcome I knew it was going to yeah. be a dream. Yeah, <laughs> it's too for good, him. especially when Killer Frost showed up. Um, OK, wait, I have a question about her. Who is that? Who is she now? Because I, I
2: thought she we was going to say it and then it just like ended
0: yeah i know <laughs> we don't <laughs> uh, I, the whole uh I, I checked last night the whole internet was in confusion about who the character is what's the point of the character um i will say that uh Kytlin is the version of danielle Panabicker that is on the new season seven poster of the flat season nine poster of the flash so we have not seen the last of Caitlin, even though the storyline would like us to believe that we have but uh, it's the final season of course Caitlin will be back but Frost probably won't. So who is this new character in the meantime? The promo for next week's episode literally just has the exact same kind of like exchange. Who are you if you're not Caitlin and Frost? So there's definitely going to be a lot of investment into who this character is. We just don't know who it is right now.
2: Another Aww. question. Who was the person in the like teaser tag after the mm-hmm. ending lightning flash thing? <laughs> who that? Who is that? I was like, Batman, <laughs> what is that?
0: <laughs> that is the DC villain known as the Red Death. Now, very, 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 very quick lesson. The Red Death in DC Comics is an evil version of Batman from another universe who... goes crazy and decides that he needs to get away with his villains. And the best way to do that is to steal the flash of speed. And um, so he straps the flash to the Batmobile, drives into the speed force and merges them both into the into the one super being. So it's basically bat, a killer Batman with super speed. In this universe, however, we know for a fact that uh, the Red Death will be played by Javicia Leslie. And it is instead oh. a corrupt version of Batwoman. And we also know that somewhere later down the line, I think the actual Ryan Wilder Batwoman will show up to help Barry take him take her down so that's very exciting we know that there are going to be an army of new rogues this season and the new captain boomerang who we met in this episode is one of them but it seems like that they, they, they could all or at least boomerang will be working for the red death so i think that's going to be the storyline of the first half of the season and i'm really excited to see where it goes because more batwoman is always a good thing yes yeah,
3: super exciting though i will have to say um rogue is the new next level up <laughs> like I, I, really do think that's coming because they said it in this episode. It was in the promo. I think Barry was telling Chillblaine not to go rogue or or mm-hmm. something. Which um, I don't want to see Chillblaine either. I want to stay in the bubble of West Allen for. A bit. I mean, I know that um Candace had said the first two episodes are really West Allen heavy, so I expect that Barry and Iris's baby moon is going to carry into episode two, even as. They try to figure out who this new version of not Caitlyn is, and um, whatever is going on with Chill Blaine. I just don't want to be removed from the amazingness that was this premiere, to be dropped back into the same old, same old. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I really don't. Especially if we're going to be doing the baby moon, where it's going to take over the entire, the majority of the season, as mm-hmm. they as they find their way back to where they want to be because the trauma response this episode. Classic Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we've been doing this for seasons, um, but it did seem like we've made some progress because they finally get got to have the argument in a productive way. Usually the argument is like Iris gets mad at him for doing something he doesn't tell her about, and then he they both say something hurtful, and then we kind of just move on. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of them. So I'm glad that we got somewhere in their argument this time.
0: Yeah, he definitely grew. He definitely learned from it. I know we did have an issue that the main character shouldn't be doing this again nine seasons in, but you could say the same. We shouldn't only be having these West Allen moments nine seasons in. But like, if you could take yourself out of that uh, mindset for a little while, the episode did everything it was supposed to. Barry learned from his mistake probably for the final time because uh, I highly doubt he'll be going back down that path in the final season. It's about figuring yourself out for the last time. And um, we got some wonderful West Allen moments. So, yeah, I like, again, if you can take yourself out of the this should have happened before bubble, I just appreciated the episode for what it was. And it was just wonderful as a West Island fan to finally see them get those so many happy moments together.
3: Such a weird, great episode with, uh, should we talk about the chilegra? or should we bump past the chilegra?
0: I will say that scene was really really nice i like the camera view when they finally kissed because obviously the flash does good kisses with the camera view they did it with the iconic barry and iris it will never be that iconic but i mean i'm glad they're finally together because it was really rough watching them dance around that for like two seasons like we're we're finally here now and it was it was like it was a cute moment this episode was very very happy in general so i mean like Mm -hmm. happy for them not exactly like rooting for them or anything but like happy for them glad we got that. Move on.
3: to be done like i mean i know we're gonna do like the i would probably do the awkward date potentially even the like meet the family at some point but i just with the limited amount of episodes we have just have them flirt in the background i don't they don't need side plots
0: Mm-mm. No, nope. know, the, re- the reason this episode worked so well was the hierarchy. The main characters got the main focus, obviously, because Caitlin's such a main character. She'll get a bit more focus when whatever this new Caitlin character is comes into it again. That's totally fine. But we do not need to start leaning on Chester and Allegra and Cecile like full time. We just we just don't need that. Um. So I hope we get more episodes with kind of like pacing and hierarchy like we had in this episode we don't i don't want chester and Alagra heavy episodes please no one i'll accept but we don't need like survivor sex
3: no thank you i um before we wrap up the flash though i think we should say two things that the those who because i saw a lot of tweets about this those who want the whole fairy ones back to the past becomes the lightning bolt And the story. we the the series reveals that it's actually a big giant time loop that's not happening
1: mm-hmm. i
3: think mm-hmm. like for those who want that it's not even like manage your expectations. Put that one all the way on the shelf. It's, not, it's it, 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 Eric already said that it's going to be a happy ending, and there's <clears> that the time loop is not a happy ending.
0: No, no. As a comic book fan, I'm like, oh, that would have been cool—a nice little nod. But we've gotten attached to these characters, and at the end of the day, all you have to do is look at the last few seasons to see like trauma the central couple and all the characters around them have been put through. We don't need to end on some sort of symbolic like cliffhanger that like ha- has a nod, nod and a wink, wink to the comics that that would not be satisfying to someone as, who watched nine seasons of these characters. It, I'm, I'm totally OK with the spoiler that we're getting a happy ending for them because at this point, that's what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think they
3: should be getting that in a way that I hope is satisfying to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the showrunner said that, but I think what he finds satisfying and what the fandom finds satisfying, especially West Allen shippers, tends to be night and day. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what the happy ending is. Uh, and Joe wants to leave. That's a point that I was confused about in the episode. I don't really see how moving from Central City is gonna change the fact that he's in a family full of metahumans who are also superheroes.
0: Yeah, I didn't get that either because at the end of the, the day, they're still going to be in Central City doing their thing. Like he's not asking Barry to pack up and leave because he'd just be the Flash somewhere else. So I don't, I, I don't really get that. If he wanted to take a break from it, that's totally understandable. But I don't get the fact that I need to, we need to leave Central City because we're our family is too much at the heart of danger and like. But your family will still be at the heart of danger whether you leave or not. It, that didn't really add up. Of course, we, we know Jesse's not going to be in as many episodes, so that's a way of writing him out. I assume Cecile's going to say, no, we're staying, and then Joe will leave and Cecile won't, because Cecile's still a regular this season. It, it's, it's an awkward storyline. Couldn't they have sent Joe off an assignment or something instead? I don't know. But mm-hmm. it feels like we're going to get about th- three, two or three episodes of Joe wrestling over this. We will not see him for the rest of the season, and then he'll return in the penultimate one. It was like, I was wrong. You need me here. I'm I'm never leaving again
3: probably i also wonder i mean it's not this type of show but like the drama of him taking the baby with him Mm -hmm. since she wants to stay Mm -hmm. in central city i mean they probably wouldn't do that but that would it would give cecile an out because if joe's gone and their daughter is still in the house cecile can't just be go crime fighting um the rest of the night so she would unless they're gonna do cute babysitting episodes which no thank you (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, it would give them an excuse not to have Baby Jenna on screen because we haven't seen that child, in who knows how long. Um, but uh, Eric made a comment in one of the interviews that suggests, as far as watch the space go, that we might see Baby Jenna. So it'll be it would be hilarious if it was just Joe leaving with the baby and like, oh, finally <laughs> we get to see her. Um, but I mean, like. I wouldn't put it past them at this point. But I know Cecile needs to go out in the field to prove that she's the most powerful metahuman. So I feel like that would give them that out as far as that that goes. She's excited about being a superhero now. So I do think that will cause conflict with Joe who wants to leave Central City. Well,
3: I think so too. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with those five episodes that Jesse has. If they do anything of note, I hope so. Um, But with The Flash, you never quite know. It's not like the Jew where I feel like you go into an episode and you just know the quality is coming and you just have to sit back and relax or try to relax because it's also a lot of tension <laughs> um, and enjoy what they're giving you so like and i'm so happy that we did a double feature by the way um the niece is on point in both episodes uh but i think we should start with ace and his bonding with grant
0: uh yes. loved it loved it
2: it was so sweet um i'm glad that they didn't they did Just went full steam ahead on that and Mm -hmm. didn't beat her on the bush. Um, I think these two episodes were, dare I say, two of my favorite of the series. Mm. They were so good. They were just so much fun to watch. Um, and I was like invested in the Grant storyline, even Mm -hmm. though we don't really know him. I loved the the montage of him being ignored though. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's something that like we've been noticing as viewers throughout because we've seen all those scenes, but we got to see them from his perspective now and that was funny but
1: was.
3: I, I didn't realize it would only been a week um since mm. he, he got hired uh and his his little face when like he's like can we have lunch and he's like oh, i'll make it 30 minutes then proceeds to go over oh. to his crew
2: yeah <laughs> ace was kind of mean uh in like a, not in a mean way but like just in an ace way just being like oh you need to do this oh you should do this oh i can't do that he was just very dismissive
0: and it was, a, yeah. his brother was right under his
2: nose the whole time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it was quite a, a fact of showing it from his perspective, because we've seen Grant quite a few times on the show. And there was one scene where like, Yes was angry and he kind of took out his aggression on grant i don't believe that made it into the montage but it, it, it looked like an isolated incident at that point whereas now you get to see that no actually yes was quite dismissive of grant the whole time because he just he didn't know and i mean you can't really blame him like that but it did it made you get attached to grant very very quickly and it was nice that there was as far as i recall there was no previously on this episode to catch you up the montage did it all for you so it was really it was just a very very effective i really enjoyed the dynamic between them two right from the beginning
3: it was very sweet and I love how it immediately we're like well in the car when Ace initially thinks that his brother comes to him because he's the hero of Hershey Bay he's like eh, actually I just knew you'd <laughs> be able to get Nancy to help me so if we could just call her.
2: And then Nancy just like put everything together in like 15 minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that's why she's so amazing and the um I just the, I actually liked them as a trio too. They were really mm. good. Um, for Shannon Cook to be coming into a show in which the cast had been, you know, under each other, uh, um, underfoot. I'm like, wait, what am I trying to say? That have been together for a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah,
2: they're bonded.
3: Yeah, they're bonded, and um, but he he slid it right in with. Um, Nancy and Ace and I just really enjoyed that especially like I had the moments alone with him and Ace but I also liked his moments with Nancy where she was like trying to get him to see the way that we need, they need to be doing things even when she was in a panic um, I also liked their scenes
2: mm-hmm. She ha- she's really good at uh, caring about new people
1: mm-hmm.
2: like she really cares about him and I think that stems from her caring about Ace um, but she also is just like she loves to solve a puzzle and solving her puzzles helps people. And that's what she really loves doing. And they, we, we've seen that growth in her where mm-hmm. maybe it used to be a little bit more selfish. But now she's kind of she's grown. And I think we get not to completely diverge off the different path, but we can see her her changes her evolution on screen right because like Mm -hmm. nancy's fashion has been Mm -hmm. elevated and evolved like she's in her ascot era with her neck scarves and she has like different shoes on she's not wearing the white vans that get covered in blood and give everything away (laughs) 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 like she's she's like maturing a little bit and i i like that the visual of it it's a really Mm -hmm. like it's a subtle aspect that you really just pick up on screen just to see nancy like Looking different, holding herself differently, and expressing herself in a
0: different way. On the uh, conversation with uh, Nancy and um, Grant, where they were like trapped in the cave together, I thought that was a great moment because it was an unusual break. You would have expected that maybe Ace or Grant were the ones that got trapped together, or Nancy and Ace would have been the two that got trapped together. But the fact that we got Nancy and Grant and they had that moment where they kind of like talked about strategy. I thought S was going to go off and get help, but then they figured it out between the three of them themselves. And then you really see saw the purpose of that scene because Nancy was the first one out. She had absolutely no issues going to S, And then it was a real like trusty moment between S and Grant where he was like, I'm your brother. I'm not going to let this fall on you. And then it all did collapse as soon as he got out. But they just then they were very like comfortable with each other very, very quickly. And I feel like the fact that Grant could rely on Ace to save his life, even though Ace wasn't as forthcoming when he didn't know who he was, you know what I mean? He, he trusted that Ace was a good person, even though Ace hadn't exactly given the best first impression. Yeah, their dynamic was great. And I feel like Nancy enhanced it.
3: I like that the for that moment, the, um, the thing that leads to it, I think for... Grant to trust him is right before they they, everything collapses and Ace is still trying to do like um Star Trek Star Wars and Grant's like "Why does it matter and he's like it's like I just want to know like your favorite color And I think that was so very sweet like Mm -hmm. he's just trying to um get the cliff notes of his brother in a way that's more than just bonding over trying to save Grant's mom Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, I love that the case is still very ace because it's the the, the list is trapped in a video game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I know what you mean. And I feel like that created a lot of like awkwardly funny moments between them. And before we move on, then uh, when I said about Ace taking, uh, helping um, Grant out of the cave, the fact then that they were just kind of like slumped on each other in a heap after that high intensity moment. And then Ace was like, which Ninja Turtle were you? <laughs> just, <laughs> totally an Ace moment. But yeah, just, so this I feel like, of course, Grant was the star of this episode, but there was so much Ace in there. And that sounds like such a silly thing to say, but I just feel like, this was the yes episode. I feel like we've been waiting for, and it was absolutely worth the wait. It was. And there's so it... much Nancy and Ace too, mm-hmm. like subtle,
2: like they're not really knocking us over the head with it, but it's they're picking it up a little bit more in these two episodes. And I can't, I can't really differentiate twelve and thirteen, like the Nace of it all. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened in which episode, but I know that they were like really starting to like nudge, nudge us and be like, "This is happening," and everyone else is picking up on it. They're kind of have weird feelings about it. She has to save his life. Like She's not going to lose her ace. Which, God. <laughs> It's like Nancy girl, don't get any ideas. We're saving ace. <laughs>
3: I, I want to see the picture that you took of her after they got done yeah. yes. at the farm. It surprised her, but she kind of just went on with it. I was like, I really want to see that Polaroid actually. <laughs> if you could just wave it so we can see. Um, But also, besides those small moments, the, the big moment of her panic, and then the fact that he was shaken badly to his core because she crossed a moral boundary for him and he wasn't prepared for the weight of that. Uh, I I don't really know why he thought she was just gonna like not give the list as exterior about the fault of your death. She's definitely given this toy over. But I think the thing that really pushed him figuratively over the edge was that she knows she can't trust, trust Celia. Um, and she has no idea what Julia did to make sure all this would turn out okay. But she did it anyway because she can't lose him. I think that's a lot to take in as um as a person for your friend to do and for there to be not so quite subtle romance like in there. Like it was very obvious. It has more to do with her romantic feelings for him than it does her friendly feelings for mm-hmm.
2: him. It was she was confronted with the Charlie problem in the moment and she was like I I'm seeing Ace right now. I need to save him and I'll deal with the other people later, which she did at at what cost? Um, I mean, it was a big cost that she had to make a deal with the devil kind of um but it was the it was the trolley problem and I think for Ace it was like so clear it's like I'm okay with like sacrificing myself to save other people she was
0: like, I can do it all. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it all. I'm <laughs> to save everyone. <laughs> and that's what really, really intrigued me about their dynamic in this episode, because... The two of them have had such a unique partnership in that they've kind of accepted each other flaws and all, whereas like Nick wanted Nancy to be better and to like learn from her mistakes and grow, whereas Ace just kind of like shrugged and accepted her for who she was. And the fact that now I feel like they've grown to care so much about each other now that dynamic started to shift in that Ace kind of like sees her in the same kind of way that Nick almost saw that she is capable of being like a better person a great person at all of this and then that step backwards really stuck out for him so if you haven't been watching for I do feel like this would have been one of the moments where you really started paying attention to it because of course Nancy was all emotional she ran over and hugged him and would not let him go we don't see Nancy hug people that tightly or that show that much emotion so you you know how much she cared about him but almost ace's decision to pull away not not physically but like emotionally pull a little pull away a little bit the fact that he was kind of like shocked by the fact that she'd gone to the dark side for help you can definitely see the threads here for Ness in the future and i think that made the episode really shine both of them it is it's funny every time you pick a, a double parter it always feels like part one and part two of the same story and this one definitely felt like that yeah
3: moving into um episode 13 we're dealing with the aftermath of the deal that Nancy made Mm -hmm. in which she had to walk back, she recanted her statement, which then turned the town against her. And she, it's interesting that that's when we get Gil back. And what Mm -hmm. she tends to do, she tends to hide in the relationship she has when, how she sees herself doesn't fit what's actually going on in her reality so i wasn't necessarily surprised to see him though they're very sweet with their little head touch they did i was like i'm still here for nace but that little moment was cute yeah um but it's it's you can tell she's ashamed but like she can kind of just hide there with Gil. but the moment she uh sees ace which by the way she was in a bomb outfit love that outfit she was in (laughs) (laughs)
1: like
3: the, the the um the awkwardness and the shame around what had happened and a little bit of insecurity over him seeing her with Gil after he had already told her that wasn't a good idea. Um, That was interesting to see. She gave in to the kiss with Gil, but she didn't quite like doing that in front of Mm -hmm. Ace. Also, she was jealous this episode, which I appreciated seeing.
0: Yeah, we always say the show has been very subtle about it, but the fact that it lingered on Ace watching them kiss right before the opening sequence, There was nothing subtle about that because obviously the pre-opening sequence is supposed to be a teaser of what's to come. And the fact that we had an adventure planned out, we had Nancy's reputation called into question, all of these interesting things going on and yet it decided to hone in on Ace looking at them. You, 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 You can't deny that. And what's really interesting is that, again, Ace always accepted her flaws and all, whereas he seems concerned about the time she's spending with Gil because Gil kind of accepts her with going to the dark side in the way that yes almost used to but i feel like yes kind of cares about her so much now he wants what's best for her and he can clearly see that gil isn't that uh, we did learn throughout this episode that gil isn't the best person to be around for anybody to be honest
1: mm-hmm.
2: and even amanda is picking up on it on mm-hmm. the ace side like there was, when they were uh listening into the safe she's like they're really connected on the same wavelength. What am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Even though Nancy and Ace in that moment, like their personal relationship isn't rock solid, because they're, you know, he feels some kind of way. She's kind of like, I think naturally just pulling away from him because she's like, Oh, you're with Amanda. And Oh, you're mad at me. But like, at the end of the day, they still come together. And they have this connection that I truly don't even think they're starting to, but I don't think they know what it is. And that's what makes this kind of like, this is the art of a will there, won't they? Like, I know I've said with Wendy, like it's the show, It the show just makes me so excited to watch TV. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is television in mm-hmm. these two episodes of Nancy Drew. Like, it's just like chef's kiss. Like, this is why I love television. These two episodes, like if you're studying to write this kind of show, Watch these two episodes. Like, these are, like, the scripts were so good. The acting was so good. Don't think I'm not going to praise Kennedy up and down in a couple of minutes here. um, And, like, the director, everything was so good about these episodes. It was so tight. They knew what they were doing. They knew the stories they were telling. Not a second was wasted. Not a second was, like, did I think too much was happening. Like, it was just, these two episodes were so perfect. And I think 13 really for me might be my it's gonna be hard to beat this episode it was just so good i even loved the like story of the week plot where they're like helping this little girl who looked like alexis Bledel. by the way did you guys get that mm. i was trying I to did. figure
3: out what she who she reminded me of but i couldn't land on a person
2: i was like rory gilmore is that you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i loved i just i thought this episode was so special even like if you're I think sometimes fans can get frustrated when you're like, oh, the Nace is right there. It's in the palm of our hands, but there's something still so special about those episodes where they're not together yet. Mm-hmm. As frustrating as it can be, it's just like it's so magical to see the beginnings of this and to I don't I feel like I can't put it ex- ex- exactly explain the way it made me feel, but it just made me so ex- it was electric. I just felt so good to watch the beginnings of this happening so subtly. Like they're really like it's the payoff is happening. Mm-hmm. and I, it's okay. so exciting to watch.
0: And it definitely feels like they've kind of changed pace as far as it's gone into the middle of season two because subtle is the word we use when we talk about Ness. We've been singing the praises for the last season and a half saying about how it's been so subtle but they've definitely turned the dial up a little bit by having other characters notice it and by having a few quirky moments between the two that you can't not notice. For example, when um George and Bess were talking about Amanda and Nancy's just in the background and says she's competent and the little like smirk the two of them <laughs> have at each other. I was like, wait, they know, what, they know what's going on on as well it was, it was so
3: funny <laughs> i think part of me feels like there. nancy knows a little about how she feels i just don't um it's the she way might not she be chases. like willing
2: she might not be willing to like be that vulnerable because i feel like she knows somewhere deep down like this is different mm-hmm. right this is different than anything she's felt and i think that scares her and she may not be fully um into that realization where it might be more obvious to the people around her um and us like we can see it but I don't think she's willing to tap into that because she's busy she's got stuff to do she can't she can't deal with that
3: <laughs> well that and he's like her her like right-hand person like out of everybody he seems to understand her best um for the full spectrum of who she is and they connect on a in a way that she doesn't quite connect with the rest of her friends. She loves all of them, but they there's just a connection she has with Ace that is definitely growing, uh, that is different, um, and that she appreciates. And perhaps that's why she gazes all the time, but I think she gazed in both episodes. It was just like, <laughs> I need someone to like, record her and play back the video. But the I think what makes Nace special is that it's the type of relationship that does transcend romance. They're the two types of characters that would really want to be in each other's lives, regardless of the status of their relationship. And I think that is something that Nancy needs and didn't always trust, that like regardless of where things land, I will always have this person um, just to get on my Drusen for like one second.
2: Oh, I, I was about to bring it up too. So <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, I do think um, her relationship with Nick actually is going to be the thing that makes her comfortable with attempting with, with Ace. I say that because she's learned how you can mess up a relationship and still maintain a friendship. And that might be something that she mm-hmm. that's possible for her with Ace. But I also love that Drusen has grown into a friendship in which they can speak with one another and open up with each other and Nick can say how he feels and recognize that he's losing Nancy um and keep an eye on her like I just feel I love how this show has managed to navigate their their romance their falling out their work towards friendship and then actually being in a friendship that's very important to the both of them to the point where he's like Girl, the white beanie is not gonna make up for the fact that Cecile, Ce- Cecilia is not a person you should trust, but um, I love the beanie watch for for episode 15, yeah. though. I truly do.
2: Two things. I love that scene with Nick and Nancy because I, I don't know. I just it warms my heart so much because as you know, I'm team ace all the way. And I love Nick too. Obviously, I think two the two of the best written male characters mm-hmm. I've ever seen beside the point but that scene was so special because it feels like you could see the comfort that Nancy has with him and she's Mm -hmm. opened herself up to that like she knows that she can she he's the person she can go to to hear the hard stuff and he's not gonna he's not gonna um cater to her and tell her what she wants to hear like he's gonna he's that warmth like she Mm -hmm. feels comfortable with him and I love I just loved seeing that and the way that's gonna evolve um in the beanie I screamed because we've had a beanie watch has been um dry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when it came back, I was like, oh, oh, oh so the beanie is important. <laughs> it's an important motif. And the fact that it's white while she's like going to the dark side is like, I, I need like an entire day to write a dissertation on what the symbolism, because it's so rich. And I also want to say, because I feel like this is something else that would get really frustrating for people when you see like your hero, kind of like uh go toward get a little darker like have a little moral gray area that's another thing that gets me so excited about watching television is like sometimes it doesn't always like feel good in the moment you get frustrated but i think it's recognizing that if something makes you feel something either way that's good and being like frustrated and like yelling at the screen like nancy no no no, no, no girl don't do that it's I'm excited to watch TV like this. It reminds me of old school like TV when like you get a season where the the good character like goes a little bad and all their friends are like, what's going on with this girl? She's a hot mess. Um, So I'm like excited to get to see not just Nancy, but Kennedy play in this area and like grapple with her, her family. Like these are her roots. And Nancy's kind of been like pushing that to the side. And she saw a different side of her grandmother and she wants to believe that, because I think something that we learned more so in this like story of the week, or the mystery of the week is that um, she has like all that trauma, right? And she mm-hmm. like needs to find somewhere to put it. And she has these people that she's related to by blood. And she, I, it, it's natural to want to explore that as bad as you think they are. Um, And I think that's something that Bess dealt with too, like dealing with the Marvins. Um, But yeah, I don't even, I think I lost the thread just getting really waxing poetic about this episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you're so right. I feel the same way that um, it's, Nancy has been such a complex character the whole way through and she's done like questionable things but her heart has always been in the right place and now she's really conflicted over the fact that she might actually want to get to know people. She's had no emotional investment in before because all she saw was the bad stuff that they did and ever since she had that nice time with Celia when her memory was wiped and the fact that Celia is still making an effort now even when she's got all, all of her memories back. Really says a lot to Nancy, but isn't it that old Trump that you say the best way to hide something from a detective is to put it right under their nose? And you're like, is Nancy missing the obvious here that these people will always be bad people? Just like maybe is she missing the obvious with S because it's right there and she doesn't want to change it or to investigate it, or is she choosing to look away so that she can have a relationship with these people? And I think that really will play into her arc. For I don't know whether it's just the remainder of this season or the series, but heck of an arc and i can't wait to see where it goes
3: it is and it's such a good parallel to what happened with ace like so mm-hmm. in the in episode 12 his father doesn't notice that grant it um is his son and he wouldn't but like when they have that ending scene um first meeting and he says you look just like your mom it's because his eyes open up to who mm-hmm. this this young man is to him with nancy the she not she didn't care about the hudson's until she found out that she is one of them by blood. And now it's it's complicating things. It's muddling things. It's confusing her. And on top of that, she's a grieving young woman. She still misses her mom. Outside of Celia now, she didn't have a strong female figure in her life. I mean, um, there are her two dads and that's about it. So I think it's nice for her to have an older woman who embraces her who wants to see her who talks about how nice it is that they get to sit down together she's giving her a gift she's making her feel welcome uh, she wants to be accepted by the hudson's and that's like a very complicated complex not great feeling it doesn't even really quite make sense but it's human mm-hmm. like even if she it was the one who eventually like Rejects them. She wants them to accept her. Not Everett. She don't care about Everett, but like celia and um, and I guess to some extent Ryan.
2: Mm-hmm. And Nick calls Ryan at the end. It's like we lost her. <laughs> so, Nick, you're a little dramatic. I mean, it just, just walked out with a beanie on. <laughs> we have a wonderful extent, but <laughs> what would Ryan <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate that you're on top of it, Nick.
1: <laughs>
3: I, it's just it's so great. I, I but he is quite the king of drama good for him though it's, it's the type him. of thing they do here uh, what else happened in this oh I want... what do you oh, want
2: Odette to? okay I would I would quickly before we get into Odette because I feel like that's going to be an interesting conversation I did want to talk about the scene on the dock between Nancy and Birdie like that was like mm. where, was Kenne- where was Kennedy's Emmy like that was <laughs> I was so moved <laughs> I was like and like the even the girl that played Birdie, I didn't look up her name. I'm so sorry. But she was a, a, amazing, stellar mm-hmm. like that. I was so moved by that speech that Nancy gave. And it kind of it brought home the like there's a common theme in each of the stories that Nancy gets to tell. Like all the mysteries that she solves, there's a underlying layer of trauma that she relates to. And I think with each one, it helps her grow and it helps her like relay the lesson to whoever she's helping. Like the what the episode with the the college girl. Mm -hmm. like I thought was another moving episode where she gets to talk one-on-one with somebody that she helped and oh my god that scene I just love Kennedy guys like that was that scene blown away
1: the emotional ramping up of that moment
3: where it Mm -hmm. starts off as a way to connect with this young girl and then turns into basically the speech Nancy wants to give to herself yeah
2: she's like um, and, pleading not just with birdie but like with herself she's pleading she's like you like just think about it just like listen to this and it's like nancy look in the mirror
3: i know I and mean, it's just like the, the the fire souls are are not the hudson's <laughs>
2: like,
1: it's, not,
3: <laughs> it's not analogous but the uh it's just she's going through so much and the ways in which the writers have her unpack her feelings with people that, that thing you know when you can unpack them with strangers the way you can't Mm. um impact them with your loved ones because it's just so raw and vulnerable i love when it's like you know what we need to crack nancy open so let's write a whole story uh where she gets to do that towards the end with the person that she's helping that week and kennedy's like i'm on it i got it i know the (laughs) assignment (laughs) and she gives such a stellar performance again the hidden gem of the cw
1: really
2: and truly amazing Okay, circle back to Odette. <laughs> I it's weird. It's weird, but yeah. why am I kind of like down for the mm-hmm. ride? Like I'm willing <laughs> to ride it out. I'm not willing for them to like really lean into best falling in love or doing anything physical with Odette because mm-hmm. I think that crosses a line. Um, that was I was kind of like, I don't know. I just enjoyed watching it. I thought it was fun. Um, and I did kind of appreciate that George and Odette were like communicating. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it gave a different shade of the storyline, because I think we were like fatigued of the switching, <laughs> <laughs> like do something else, and they did something else, and I thought it was successful. but i I as much as I was kind of okay with it in these episodes, I'm ready for them to find a
0: solution mm-hmm. i'm I'm ready to yeah, see the guy. yeah, it definitely feels like they're running out of room to go for run on with the story. Uh, but I, I I did say that it feels like by the end of the run, Odette and George will have found some kind of like common ground, whether she's a fully fledged member of the Drew crew, we'll say, but I'm I'm glad that they finally have found that common ground. And it was kind of like downplayed, like it was as, as though it was just, it was that easy and they, 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 they're, they're looking after each other, so to speak, and they're understanding each other now, which is nice. But on the other hand of it, then you have the actual conflict with how Odette seems to feel about Bess and how will that line up with now that georgia made a promise to odette that maybe they can find her love as a ghost so there's a lot of interesting dynamics but i i I completely agree with you reed i don't want to root for bess and odette but they're doing such a good job of making you want to you you're there for them You're, you're 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 uh invested in their friendship, relationship, whatever it turns into. But at the same time, you know, it can't go any further than that. And you're, I'm hoping that they don't make Bess do that because obviously she's come so far as a character and that you, I don't want her to take that step backwards. I don't know if I like
2: the explanation that she gave her. She was like, I'm just looking for something to fill a hole. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this has anything to do with the Marvins or Elizabeth leaving you. I think it's okay to have a, a weird crush on the ghost living inside your friend's body. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like you don't need to make it a thing <laughs> um.
3: i i think i feel a little differently not necessarily that that being the reasoning but the the awareness that best has you we don't really get her having scenes in which she talks about the, her destructive behavior outside of the kleptomania because she's willing to talk about that but like as far as like they could be emotional um she she kind of shies a, away from it unless something terrible like terrible happens which i guess she opened up when it happened to do with Elizabeth and leaving her at the table instead of going to go meet the parents that she was supposed to. So now, you know, she's she says she makes bad decisions because she wants to be loved. And I said, but you are loved by your friend group. I like where's Ace? So we need the he should have said it when she was panicking <laughs> no. the first time. Because <laughs> <laughs> they do they they're her family, and I think that's where they need to land on. I mean, I'm just sure it's nice though receiving those lovely letters from Odette and receiving Odette's attention and um when she hasn't really gotten attention outside of her family group so i get that but i just feel like it, we are running out of room mm-hmm. we, uh, when it comes to where this story could possibly go so i am glad that they that um george said no we'll try to find your lady love we'll find the english woman does she have a name
0: By way, i don't like... remember i think odette has said it, but i don't remember if they have was actually it mary either. i think really was admired by oh, it might be mary yeah. there's too many Marys on the CW
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but yeah I think so I think the Odette and Best Weirdness will go away soon I do I too am weirdly kind of about it like that in mean, a line crossing way just the weird tension of it the, the not the will they won't they but navigating that line of we're not really a friendship we're not really a romance but I like you and I want to spend time with you
2: they found a way to get around because these shows all the time they have these friend groups and they all date each other and we already kind of have that. But it's another way to add a different dynamic to two characters without really doing it, mm-hmm. which I think they can get away with on a ghost show. And I I think it's really original. Well, maybe it's not super original. I feel like somebody somebody has to have done this before, um, but they're pulling it off really well mm-hmm. to like mix up the dynamics to be able to have Madison and Leah uh act together in a different way it's fun I'm sure it's a a fun way for them as actors to to perform differently and even though we may not like it I think um it's still like fun to watch like I don't want it to happen but I'm like I'm down like this is exciting storytelling Mm -hmm.
3: and we end we end episode 13 with Nancy didn't really go full Hudson like um Nick was making she, it out to be
2: but she put the the, the beanie on she speaks yeah. volumes with her beanies <laughs> that's
3: true but she did also tell Nick that they're on the same side and he was surprised by that
2: mm. um
3: which was interesting and I was like she could. she's probably gonna try to walk the line and it's not gonna work but I don't she's not gonna abandon you Nick for the Hudson it's not them of all people Cecilia she's you like... might have to walk out for though
2: yeah she's walking a moral tightrope between mm-hmm. her friends and her new quote-unquote family
3: <laughs> and she's willing to you know make her friends not so happy about it I'm, or just like she's pushing ace away because she doesn't want to hear about how Gil is not great for her uh and she can't really handle the fact that ace is mad at her and he's like as a he don't even really tell you uh, when he's bothered he's trying to express to you that like you're not do- making healthy decisions she's like i'm gonna be unhealthy it just was going to be. Yeah. Was
2: that scene between Nancy and Ace? Was that in 13 where she's like, she doesn't really look at him and he's kind of like trying to like talk mm-hmm. to her and they like the way they walk, he walked away from her. I was like, oh, I know I hate it. But I also like, <laughs> this is great content. <laughs>
3: excellent, excellent writing. Always cannot wait to see how this transforms as we move closer towards the end of the mm-hmm. season. And um, I know, I don't think we get the Nace in this season. The Nace is comic. But we shall, we shall oh, see. but I
2: I love the I love the build up the slow burn yeah the tension it's good
3: other CW shows take note <laughs>
1: like,
3: please <laughs> uh, but that's it for what we're watching and we don't have a toast this week we do have a toast roast. Kennedy oh yes, yes Floor's yours
2: yes hey, Kennedy <laughs> once again girl <laughs> hats off beanies off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else I could say that I haven't already said, but yeah, she blew me away in episode mm-hmm. 13. She
0: was incredible.
3: Masterclass. And mm-hmm. just truly, I'm gonna love her in the good lawyer.
1: Just Oh my god.
3: I cannot wait. March sixth, get here faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: the roast. The roast. Okay,
3: so um this has to do with programming on the CW, mainly like the Winchesters schedule and how everything just we're moving again like so instead of it being at 9 p.m on tuesdays it's moving back to the 8 p.m slot starting february 21st there was no reason given it given we're assuming that the cw realized hey airing an encore episode in the prime slot ahead of a new episode wasn't it wasn't a good decision
0: uh Jake. I've got nothing. Um, you, 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 I can't even trace their steps. Well, here, let me attempt to. They thought they could hold out this Tuesday night slot while they had no content. So they thought, oh, well, it will make people wait to watch the Winchesters and watch the old one. And now this is like them holding their hands up in defeat. It was like, sorry, guys, didn't work. Everything's back to normal. Like, What was the point in that? Like... We're not TV executives and we knew it was a bad idea. Everyone online knew it was a bad idea. People who didn't want to wait an extra hour for the Winchesters knew it was a bad idea. The ratings were already on their way down and now they're worse. And I don't know if changing them back now for two, all of two or three episodes will repair them, especially as it happens after a one week hiatus. So just Mm -hmm. what was the point in that? This show. Does it? Is it's met with the first or second most watched scripted broadcast of the season, its pilot episode was, and now they have single-handedly sabotaged it. I don't know, yeah. it, I like, it'll be lucky if it stays above 200,000 or 300,000 at this rate, because the ratings are not good, and they are moving it completely around the schedule has not helped in the slightest.
1: No, it and reeks, they don't
2: have- it, it reeks of sabotage, whether accidental, I'm sure, like, I don't- in my heart, I want to believe that no network is going to be like, let's, you know, tank this. Um, but it, it's just textbook. Like, you can't do that to a show.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: airing two episodes of the same same show, it's not a, the optics aren't great. It's, it's it shows a lack of um, faith in the show, I think. And at this point, I, like, I don't know. I, I don't think it has, don't, I don't want people to think, like, I'm hating on the winchester shows. this is completely the scheduling like they didn't after the initial success they tried to coast and it did not like you they need to put a little bit more effort into it like leaving it out there in the wild on its own unhelpful taking random weeks off unhelpful airing against the president unhelpful like i don't <laughs> i don't know what are they up to what are they doing
3: And <laughs> you just would not do this to a freshman's show they don't have it doesn't the whole, have the legs. It doesn't it have doesn't. the it I, the whole point of season one is to gain an audience. But like if we're um, going on hiatuses in a way that feels random, if we're coming back at a new time slot with no new lead-in, it's an old episode airing before it, if we're moving back to the previous time slot towards the end of the season, it's like do you did you want it to succeed? I felt like we did in the beginning and then it didn't hit the notes it was supposed to. And they're like, yeah, you know what? I mean, do what we need to do. Now this of course could just be an issue of them trying to figure out how they want to schedule things, but this is, this only happened to the Winchesters. Mm-hmm. It happened anything else.
2: I just don't want to be sitting here in a few weeks time saying the Winchesters deserved better, but I think that's what we're going to be doing.
3: I think so too. I think everyone who watches it still and loves it or wants more for it has kind of just accepted that season two would like may not be coming like it'd be like a savings grace like 11th hour decision sort of thing just because of how it's how it's been scheduled
0: Mm -hmm. yeah literally no help was given
2: Nope. Well, not to end on a sour note. <laughs> I know.
3: Maybe we should have saved the Kennedy bar.
2: Yeah, toasting <laughs> in the Kennedy. Yeah, okay, you know what? Like, raise luck
3: mug. A CW queen. We'll end on yes.
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Keep the positives.
3: And that, I'm um, so sure that, that final season of Nancy Tree was going to be absolute mm-hmm. amazingness. And she's oh. going to bring it. yes Almost, well, not even really almost there, but
0: we're getting there. there. We got a ton of episodes to keep us until then, and that's a good thing. (laughs) That's
3: true. That's true. All right, well, that is it for this pod episode. We're the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina.
0: I'm Michael, And I'm Reid. Bye, y'all.
3: Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great.